What's up, everyone? It's Gavin or Tweak. What up, what up? Charles or Chuck? What's going on, everyone? It's Matter Has. Welcome back to Tweak Talks. Uh, we're really excited this week to catch up with each other and catch up with the Smash Ultimate scene at large. Uh, it was a slower weekend across the board, but I still think there were some really, really big wins and results uh, across the board that we will be talking about today. Plus, don't forget, if you want to hear a little bit more and get some more out of myself, uh, Charles and Gavin this week, no Marcus, he's doing grown man stuff. He will be back hopefully next week, I assume, but we'll see what happens. But if you want to hear more from us, we got our Patreon, of course. Check that out, uh, patreon.com slash tweaktalks. Pretty sure that's the link. I'm just guessing here. Uh, yeah, so we're going to be covering, our patrons have sent in some questions. We're going to be covering specifically, uh, we got a question about when you're playing Smash, how do you personally control the tempo or how do you play the lead position in a match versus how do you play reactive to your opponent? So it's kind of like playing position one versus position two. And how do you volley between the two and how do you balance that? So really good questions, as, as always, from our Patreon. So if you want to be a Patreon, go ahead and subscribe. You can send in questions as well if you hit the appropriate tier. That's enough shilling. Oh, no, it's not actually. We got Watch the Throne coming up in two weeks. We got to <laughs> watch the throny jabroni. Okay, make sure you check that out. Me, Charles, and Gavin will all be there. No, Marcus, RIP, of course. Wait, he didn't die. He's just chilling. Uh, <laughs> so sorry. That was a little intense. Marcus is perfectly healthy, Chad. Don't worry. Uh, we got to watch the throny come up, and we are super excited for it. We're going to be at the Guildhouse all weekend. Uh, getting delicious food and drinks at the venue and also the coffee down the street. We're very happy to be in NorCal uh, this time of year, of course. Uh, very, very nice time of year to get out of, for me, for to get and Gavin to get out of Northeast and head over to Cali for a couple of days. Yeah. And some super hot Smash Ultimate action, of course, with all of our invitees and everyone coming up. Speaking of, uh, some of them played this weekend, too. We're going to be talking about them. But before we get into that, how you doing, Gav? What's going on, man? Welcome back. How you feeling? Doing well. Um... Like you said, that's been something on my mind where uh, I feel like I have to make the most of any trip to the to the West Coast during the winter. And like, that's that's something I told B is like, when I go to the West Coast, I'm gonna try to get actual sunlight because <laughs> there's not that much of it uh, over here and it's very cold. But yeah, I'm pretty good. Um, Mario RPG came out. So life's great. <laughs> w, you already beat the whole damn thing. You already platinumed the game. If that was a thing in Nintendo games, yeah, I like. Even when I was done, I was like trying to like justify like some other way to like keep playing the game. Like, oh, could I do this? Could I do that? Like, I did everything. Like, every mini game, like, like the monster list, like the game, the post game, like is I. When I was done, like, I was just walking around in the game, like, I don't want to close it out, but there's, like, no reason for me to keep playing, <laughs> unless it's literally starting over, which I did consider, but I did not do that. <laughs> I I bet you won't last 24 more hours. By the time this episode went live, you'll be halfway through beating the game a second time, would be my guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just started it, too, for those of you who don't know. Yeah, it's one of your favorite games of all time. One Mine as well. Charles, did you have you ever played it? No, I've never played it. Chuck, come on, man! You got it. Is just we were talking about it today, and I'm like probably halfway through the game, um, yeah. playing it for like the eight thousandth time or whatever. But the, the <laughs> thing for me with that game is it's just so comforting. Like there's something so comfortable about it. It's like the difficulty's like relaxed, but if you fall asleep, you could definitely lose. Like you gotta always be paying attention, and the music, the vibe, like everything about Mario RPG is is very special. I would say so. Definitely, yeah. those of y'all who haven't checked it out, definitely do. I like plan my work day around it where I'm like, all right, if I finish all this work by this time, 
I can hop on Mario RPG for a little, like, just play 20 minutes, which is, like, a, a good amount of progress through the game. That's so. the thing about that game. You could play it for, you know, six hours if you want, or you could play it for, like, half an hour, and you'll, you'll feel good about it, I guess. Um, yeah, I went to the store today, and, like, just to, like, grocery shop and stuff, but I just, like, went to see the games just to physically see the game, like, being sold at a store. Like, I already <laughs> have a physical copy, but I was like, yeah, I just, like, want to see that. Like, like, I don't know. It's definitely special for sure and i'm glad everyone seems to be enjoying it even the people who didn't like play the original or anything like that um b hasn't played the original in a really long time and you know she's just as passionate about it as i am now so um that's pretty awesome to be honest uh she said it's like in her top five or top three which is she has a pretty expansive like video game experience so I feel like that's pretty impressive because uh, she she's played a bit more than me. Like a lot of games I play are recommendations from her. So, and every time I play a game recommended by her, it ends up being one of my favorite games. So if if she likes something that much, I know it's something special. Oh yeah! All right, let's zip out of the forest maze for a second. Charles, how you doing, man? What's going on? Sorry, we had to. You know how it is when we get talking about Mario RPG. So sorry you had to I mean, live it, it live on the uh, live it live on the podcast. Our fault. It's a dope game, and I mean, it's also one of Void's favorite games. So he used to tell me about all the different like speedrunning strategies for the game. Like, I know a decent amount about the game, but I still haven't played through it. But I've been watching, you know, other people play through it either just through like Discord streams or like watching Void stream on Twitch or whatever. So I've definitely been like secondhand experiencing the game, which is cool. Um, I, I definitely do want to uh, go through and do my own playthrough. Of course, it sounds dope. But yeah, I've just been doing a bunch of stuff with uh, my mom back home and then obviously like smash stuff uh, watch the throne has taken up a lot of time obviously just because we're getting really close to the event and I but I'm feeling very confident and I know just from like I used to do a bunch of TL work in 2GG but this is my first time being like more in charge of it so it I, I definitely felt like there was a lot of growing pains but yeah, I'm very confident in the event, and I'm really excited for the event coming up. So, yeah, just been staying busy. Uh, Unite commentary has been really fun. So, Hell yeah. I know me and you have been doing a lot more Unite commentary. That's another game that we enjoy and have a lot of fun. So, yeah, I mean, overall, just been uh, been having a lot of fun. Port was obviously really sick, right? So, I mean, Seattle's always cool. And, yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of like settling down because Watch Thrones is the only event that I – I'm going to for the rest of the year. And then I'm also planning to go back to Hawaii for more of like a vacation rather than work. So yeah, I mean, I, I feel like most people kind of tone down towards the end of the year. So that's what it, that's what it feels like. I felt like port was a lot of people's last uh, tournament for the year, or last big tournament because it, watch the throne going to be an awesome tournament, but obviously it's an invitation only 16 players or whatever we have. So right. Yeah. It's going to be good, man. It's going to be good. Um, I'm interested to see who's going to enter Genesis Black because that's the last qualifier a week before Watch the Throne. So um, I, I hope a lot of good players go. Yeah. I mean, there's so much talented players that still have a shot, especially in the U.S. where it's like worst case in East Coast to West Coast flight, right? Not not as committal. So it'll be interesting to see what player lineup we have for Genesis Black and obviously who actually like qualifies into the tournament. Yeah, bro. Speaking of speaking of tournaments, I think we can get into a couple that we saw this weekend and a couple key results. I think the biggest one we saw was LTC uh, over in Texas, of course, taking it down for the home state too. My man Shattuck, he killed it. Like 
I'm not going to say I'm surprised or anything because I think we all knew that a result like this was awaiting Shattuck uh, at some point in his awesome Corin. Uh, but it just happened to be this weekend, which I love to see. So many great wins, so many good Ws. Uh, Dark Wizzy, too, getting a second place. Really, really great placement for Dark Wizzy. And then I also noticed two Zero Suit Samuses in top eight. What's up, Mars? Come on, man. You got to – come on. Not the <laughs> character anymore, okay? It is what it is. Uh, you got Shu and Doorstop both doing incredibly, incredibly well. Uh, not to mention, uh, kind of surprised, like, Mute's only getting seventh place at this tournament. A little surprising, but, you know, nothing that Mute can't clean up and, and bounce back from. So, on top of that, I also saw, I was watching Skinny the Pooh as well. I, I always want to see how that player does now. Like, because, you know, you beat the one-trick pony allegations after being Leo and going on and having another good tournament, beating Shuton. Always interesting to watch players like that who can really mess with the progress of a bracket. So, Skinny getting 13th, nothing too crazy at this tournament, but... Overall, I thought it was a great tournament, and I think it's time that we talk about Corrin again. Gavin, what do you got? Yeah, first off, congrats to Shattuck. Um, one of the players that's becoming a household name, I feel like that's like always what I like update the world on, is like, oh, who, who are the handful of players <laughs> that are becoming like household names in tournaments lately? It feels like that's like my role for some reason. But um, yeah, I, I do have a lot to talk about with Corrin whether it's Corrin specifically or comparing Corrin to similar characters in the meta. Um, yeah, it's just really interesting, like, watching Shattuck and, like, seeing the game plan and, like, seeing what works really well and stuff like that. Um, Corrin's also, like, relatively popular right now, um, whether it's, like, players like Shattuck and uh, Neo, like, maining them or, like, you know, Leo has a pocket Corrin that pops up once in a while he's still thinking about you know how much he wants to use corn or not um and corn's also a nice like pick up and play character across uh, multiple games uh smash 4 and ultimate and um yeah i don't know i i was just after watching uh low tier city i was just thinking about corn a lot um and like why corn is is so good specific to themselves and something that's really crucial about Corrin um, compared to other sword characters is how effective the uh, advantage state is at 0% specifically. Um, sometimes not even just for sword characters, it is kind of a sword character thing. Everyone obviously has like bread and butters at zero that can maybe lead to something larger, but usually it's a little awkward, like 0% in smash bros in general. Right. Um, but Corrin cares very little about 0%. A string that Corrin would do at zero would be a string that Corrin would do like a little after zero. You know what I mean? Like, for example, um, like let's look at cloud at 0%, right? A lot of the combos, they are big damage, but they're not like put like the initial hit doesn't like put you into tumble, right? It's usually a, a, a bit weirder and like more specific. Um, but Corrin's up air puts you into tumble at 0%. Uh, a lot of the time like stuff like that or um even the moves that don't send you in a tumble go right into pin kind of like how cloud would go into cross slash but like for corin she's like specifically really really good at uh zero percent strings and then there's obviously the usual stuff we'd talk about right like her frame trapping is like particularly good for a game like ultimate um and stuff like that but yeah like when i think of corin like i think of like how impactful the the game plan is starting at zero percent, especially for a sword character. 
like think about like it might be a little awkward like think of like marcina getting like a a grab at zero like they have stuff but like is is much going to happen afterwards question mark uh or like when they get like a hit at zero percent like you know they might have to get one more or something for like something big to start happening and you know sword characters are usually more stray hit archetype in the first place but when corn gets a hit like it is ridiculous how much damage is dealt and it's not really talked about often like Corn gets an up air at zero and like it just like say goodbye to your percentage. Like you're at like 50% minimum. Um, it's pretty interesting. Uh, it, it makes corn feel more unique to themselves. I'm kind of ranting a bit, but um, that's difficult with the sword character. Usually it's hard to justify maining a sword character when you have so many other options, right? That could be higher in the tier list. But. If you can be a character that brings something specific to the table, it doesn't matter if there's a character that's, uh, you know, quote unquote, better than you on the tier list. If you're doing something that's a bit more special um, and Corrin isn't just your average like sword character anymore. It feels like Corrin has a specific spot in the meta that's for them. And that's um, pretty interesting considering at first glance, you would think it would be a little bit harder because of the archetype. Yeah, I think... Yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead, Des. No, all you, Chuck. So the way I'm, like, viewing Corrin, or I guess even Ultimate in general, we're starting to see frame trapping be something that has more value. Um, we're seeing it... I mean, Fox has kind of been relevant. I mean, has been really relevant from the start of the game, right? Um, but Corrin had to get some buffs and stuff. Game & Watch became yeah. relevant about halfway through... I would say those are probably the three best frame trapping characters or like the, the ones that we see a lot in these top eight, yeah. top 32, top 16s. And I think yeah. we're starting to see more value in offense because I think, I still think Lucina is a better character, but in tournament, when you have Dude, like- I don't know. Well, right. It, it's debatable, right? But I, I'm saying I value, I, when I see, when I think of Lucina, I think defense, right? Like you have out of shield, you have consistency across the board, but to your point, Gavin, it's like, okay, when when Corn gets a hit, it's not like one, two, done, right? Yeah. And then it's like, no, it's that, that's starting. the situation, and then it resets neutral. Because like Cloud yeah. gets a back air, gets the cross slash at zero, right? You still deal, what, 30, 40 damage or about there, but you reset into neutral. Whereas Corn or like even a character like Fox, yeah. right? Fox gets you on a platform, does a million up airs. And then afterwards, it's like, do you double jump to go to ledge? Or do you continue to get frame trapped by these like really overtuned aerials that cover a lot of space but have no lag right because kind of it's like ultimate but it's it, it's just the nature of those characters right so it, it yeah. almost feels like you always have to go to ledge these characters are also strong at ledge also strong at juggling with the frame trappings right so it's like what has better value in this economy like quote unquote or meta right is like it <laughs> do you do you go with the defense of lucina where it's like oh i can get these stray hits I can also get these juggles, but my juggling sequences aren't as volatile. Like I might get a hit, then I have yeah. to win another juggle, juggle situation, get a hit, win another juggle situation, get one more hit. Whereas Corrin, it's like, oh, wow, I can either jump and get hit or I can air dodge and then get hit again. It almost feels like against Corrin or some of these other characters, you just should take the hit instead of air dodging. Because then when you air dodge, you go back closer to the ground and then they're like, oh, I get to start my combo off the ground again. Cool. Let me ladder you back up. Do you want to air dodge again and let me ladder you back up or are you going to go to ledge? Right. So yeah. it, 
it's weird. I don't, I don't know. And I, I feel like in a tournament setting, it used to be you go for the defense, right? And like, obviously we've seen Lucina be very prevalent in the early parts of the game. Um, I think we, we still would have seen Lucina be prevalent later on in the game. If like someone like Leo stuck with the character during his prime, obviously. Um, but like, obviously Leo could play whatever character he wanted and win back then. Um, and I still think the same case is now he just has to figure out which one he wants to commit to in the meta. But then we even saw Proto have a lot of success with Lucina, right? Alongside of Min Min. So I, I just feel like now we're getting to the point of the game where like five years in or almost five years in and everyone's offense is getting so locked in and so online that you like the defensive players or the defensive characters have to go through more reps of their defense as the game evolves and goes forward. But the, but the characters that are more frame trap orientated or like their strengths come more from their offense. They, as like, as time goes on, they have to go through less reps of their offense because it's becoming so refined. Right. Whereas defense, your defense can be amazing and refined, but you still have to go through the reps of the defense, right? No matter what, you you can't skip out on those, like quote unquote reps. Is like is is my thought process versus when we think of, because I, I feel like if I asked this question one or two years ago, no one would say corn over like Lucina, right? Yeah, but, but now it's an actual conversation. I don't know. Like maybe yeah. me, it's, maybe corn is me, better than Lucina. It, I have no idea. It's kind of crazy to me. It's not a conversation, and it's in the other direction. Like to me, it's it's not even worth thinking about. That's how much better I think. Oh, Korn you you think corn is that much better than Lucina? Yeah. But see, uh, I, wow. I've always thought of I've thought oh, of wow. pretty high of Lucina, so I still think Lucina. Yeah, I I understand. I I, I could be overreacting, but um, I do I do the results like are there from has first for sure. Yeah, I was gonna say I appreciate Charles like it. What are you talking about? No frame traps in this economy? A Smash Ultimate in this yeah. economy? Didn't exist. <laughs> I love the way you said that. It was good. The thing I was going to say about Core and talk about consistency of a character, the frame trapping from Shattuck was, or the, the ledge trapping from Shattuck was ridiculous uh, this tournament. You get to go for the frame, the two frame with the pin, then you can reset land, and then you can cover pretty much every option off the ledge off a of reaction. Uh, and even if they roll by you, because, you know, Corrin's pretty slow on her feet, if you turn around and get an aerial, it's a nice combo string to the other side, too. So just the way that Shattuck is able to pilot the character and use the, like, big aerials with Corrin, especially up air and neutral air, and forward air, too, is so stupid. His yeah. ledge trapping looks so good and so consistent. His play around the ledge in general was good. And he had to beat Zero Suit, so you know that's how he's ledge trapping well, because it's not just about keeping your opponent at the ledge. It's, so, it's stopping them from going above you, because... Uh, if you try to go above, uh, if you try to go above Corrin with zero suit and you flip jump super high, you're dealing with up air. You know what I mean? So your positioning needs to be to stop them from flip jumping just barely above you. Go with those forward air, swat them out of the air, all that good stuff, man. Shattuck was just, he was just on fire, honestly, and it showed the strengths of the character. And I think, I, I don't know if I'd put Corrin over Lucina. I feel like that's a little reactive to how things have been going recently. When's the last time we saw Lucina that's like S tier play? You know, it's been a while, like maybe Banham, but I don't even remember the last time we saw him. So I don't really think it's Lucina's fault is what I'd say. And I think that's kind of jumping to um, just looking at Corrin has better reps right now is what I would say for sure. But I think they're close. I think it's closer than it's ever been. They might even be like on the same tier and like really close to each other. They might even be equal, but I wish we had some better uh, Lucina rep. I mean, Mr. E's been doing well, better than, he usually does. I, he's been say that. Which is I great. feel like he's been he's been doing pretty well, but I don't know. Like there there is like like I feel like the the concepts I'm talking about with corn right now, are, I guess, are a little broad, um, and that's why I wanted to talk about them in the first place. It's pretty. But fun. that's why they're good. 
I, like, I think having those broad game plans is so good in tournament, right? And I think you can even attest to some of like these things where it's like, what is good in tournament? Because I mean, obviously you've been there, right? You've been like you've played at the top level on all these big stages, and like I don't know, I, I just want to hear your insight on something like Corin, where a very like simplified offense with when it comes to frame trapping, and it's not like stupid easy, right? Like it, there's still different routes and stuff, so I'm not trying to take away from anyone that plays Corin, but like. Corrin's offense is definitely can become flow charty, but that's a good thing. Right. And I, I just want to hear your thoughts on like how yeah. strong that can be in a tournament environment when you're like really nervous or there's a billion thoughts going through your head. Right. Well, so I guess to start off, like the, the first thing is I've always had like my eye on Corrin from day one. And like, sometimes I wasn't even sure why, you know what I mean? Like, um, even B and I all the time would talk about before the buffs, the buffs made it easier to be like, yeah, buffs like, were important. <laughs> the buffs made it easier to be like, yeah, we yeah. think this character is great, but we've just both thought the character was so good. And I was just like yesterday, like just pre pre prepping for the show. I was just thinking like, what is it about Corin specifically that I'm valuing so much um, lately, especially now that, you know, people are doing well with Corin and all that stuff. Um, uh, and, you know, Shattuck won the event, so it's going to be the main topic. Um, you know, the 0% game plan came to mind, especially when it comes to sword characters. But I also wanted to think of, like, the, like, uh, you know, the situation afterwards, right? Because that's the most common thing with a sword character is you, you get hit by the sword character and now you have to play, you know, you have to fight for your life of dealing with the disjoint and getting juggled and all that. That's usually the, the the gameplay um, and with cloud like when i think of the zero percent gameplay there's like windows where you can breathe like um like when i'm fighting against cloud or playing as cloud unless it's spargo then like you're fighting for your life the whole time because <laughs> he's so fast but there's these windows where when whether it's um in neutral or when you're getting hit against like cloud for some reason is just the example that's like a, a big meta sword character right now so my apologies if I don't use other examples, but when you get hit at zero, right? It's um, it's mostly horizontal when you when when Cloud gets his most valuable hit at zero percent, right? Whether it's forward air or back air into like cross slash or something, or like a dash stack. Um, so there's like these weird gaps where you're like you're not like just above him getting up aired immediately or something, right? Like there is some gaps where you can breathe in neutral. Um, like, you know, and a big one in neutral is what direction cloud is facing against you. Right. Like, uh, like, oh, if he's facing forward, it's a little easier, right? Like the, like forward air is a bit slower and like easier to find. Um, and then back air is obviously the, the, the crazy one. Um, but with Corin, uh, she can do something she would do front facing, even when she's back facing, right. With things like. Uh, like up air being like a used as like a forward air type of thing uh, in neutral and then neutral air hits in every possible direction. Right. And then she still has a, a spacing type of tool that cloud would be using in forward air. But all of these things have the same outcome, which is what corn wants. Right. And they send you directly up and they always have a follow-up even at 0%. Right. So it started out with me talking about how valuable the 0% is. But the interesting thing about the consistency of corn, we talk about the frame trapping and whatnot, 
so this kind of relates is the consistency of like what of you being in danger when you're fighting Corrin. And the, the interesting thing about it is it's always, there's no gaps in the neutral where um, when it comes to the moveset where you can breathe, right? Um, everything is dangerous no matter what direction she's facing or no matter what move she's using uh, with her disjoint. With Cloud, there's like weird small windows where, you know, a, a big one I like to think of as a Smash player myself is like Donkey Kong when talking about something like this, right? Especially like, let's think of Melee Donkey Kong. The danger is like when he's when his back is facing you, right? Because he's going to be back airing in, in, in neutral, right? And when he's when he's front facing, it's completely different. Like he's not just going to have a move out. He's not going to have a move out all the time when he's when he's playing neutral when he's front facing. Um, like that's an easy one to describe to someone. And it's interesting with a sword character like Corrin because like that oomph, that consistency. It's like it's always there and it's always a threat. The 0% game plan is fantastic. All the moves lead to like very similar like values, which is really interesting. With with Cloud, it's like almost there, right? And I think he, he gets a little bit more oomph in like his general speed and the general impact when the move connects. But Corrin, it's like even when she's hitting you, um, like if she swings a little early... You know what I mean? Like, we're talking about why that's valuable. That's okay, right? The frame trap's right there. She can, like, kind of force the issue, even dis despite not having the general, like, stats of, like, ground speed or something. Um, so, I don't know. I've just been thinking about why Corrin is so valuable lately, and those couple things came to mind. Like, the the general, like, always threat kind of perspective and the 0% game plan were really big for me when watching and thinking about the character. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, the convert, like like you're saying, the conversion rate, right? And I, I, I there, there's a term that uh, the FGC will use for that. I don't know the exact term, but essentially, like when a character in a traditional fighter, like most of their moves combo into like yeah. a standard combo yeah. route. That is, I feel like, what you're talking about, where it's like, okay, all these different moves lead into the same scenario. Yeah. That is, which is the win condition for Corrin, yeah. which means there is insane consistency in Corrin's offense because it doesn't matter how Corrin hit you you're going to yeah. be put in that same frame trap situation and then you can't like you can't because the reason why juggling frame traps are so strong is most players will fish for neutral air dodge or some type of air dodge to the ground and get a reversal right when you take that off the board if you're fighting yeah. like Corrin Fox game watch like that's like not fucking possible and you actually yeah. take more damage against those and... characters it's the risky play right like it's like exactly it's the best case scenario if it works and it's the worst case scenario if it doesn't which is not always the case for yeah. every character yeah and then on top of that it's actually I what mean, they want and I, I i actually want to go around the horn and ask everyone who they think is the strongest sword character in the game because i think i think Ooh. that's a very sick topic and i think that corin you know having an uptick I mean, you say Corrin is better than Lucina, but I don't know if you just don't think Lucina is too strong, which is like a respectable opinion, right? I think Lucina can be kind of all over the tier list nowadays yeah. because of, uh, right? But but now there's like Whether Cloud. Whether it's base or the character itself. Like, so. Right, there's Cloud. Of course, Sephiroth, just one of the strong... I'm just getting it right. Definitely super. <laughs> well, this, if, this when he first came out, we all said that. That's for sure. Yeah, because we're dummies. Anyway, Oops. so... With all, right with all of the, uh, I mean, obviously we're expert on sword characters because we thought Sephiroth was the best sword character on release. So I definitely want the same team of people to give their opinion on just the strongest sword character. And there's, 
it's just so oh god this is it's such a hard topic for me because even thinking about cloud right where i think cloud could be in contention for uh the best sword character cloud has that conversion game that corn has at the earlier percents when you can combo things into cross slasher right or like combo things into a fair spike or something like that but outside of that early to mid percent that conversion rate all of a sudden disappears and he becomes a straight hit character i think the crazy thing about corn is you're a broken straight hit character and even at like a hundred percent nair will still combo into back here and you'll die you know yeah. what i'm saying so corn has like all these two-piece conversions and on top of that if you're at 140 150 against corn you can't get grabbed you can't get hit by up air startup up air reverse up air back air like there's so many things that you can get hit like straight hit wise which is like a traditional sword character type thing right where it's like oh they're super good in these last hit stray hit scenarios where you're at really high percent but they have all these safe disjoints that they're throwing out but then corn is also bringing out like oh yeah i'm also a confirmed character like what if i just hit this neutral or i frame trap you into this thing that combos into a setup yeah. right which is more along the signs of like a character like diddy or something like that where it's like oh i want to get you into this confirm situation where i can get a down tilt and up smash right like get the, some kind of like quick move into a lethal move that's the scary thing when you're fighting corn is uh despite having the like consistent routes and you're so prepared for the for the usual when you're getting hit and then all of a sudden they go for like a reset into like the neutral b or they 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 go for a reset into like a tipper side b or something like that and like it's one of those things where like you're so busy on like worrying about like getting hit that you didn't realize that like the the mix up could actually kill you type of thing because uh, like you things you know happen so fast. Um, but yeah, I, I, for me the best sword character is like between Cloud and Aegis, and I don't think anyone else. Oh wait, yeah, I forgot about you. No, can't. I it's Aegis, Aegis bro. Ages so, doesn't count. Second best. I think word. it's. I think it's tricky. Or the, conversation. Well, well I still think Cloud and Aegis is a conversation. Yeah, I, I think it's thing. tricky because Aegis has not been getting the results that they used to get too. But I do. So like two things. I thought of two things when you said that with Aegis is one. I feel like the results with Aegis haven't been as good. But oh well, three things I guess. One that. Two. It's mostly people dual maining the character, like dual maining, like using them as a, specifically using them as a secondary, like Spargo. But then three, I think that Sonic stocks have gone up recently, and Aegis is one of the few characters in the game that beat Sonic, so I also think that's yeah. good. And my conclusion, based on all of that together, is I think Aegis is harder than we initially thought. I think initially when Aegis came out, very easy to pick up, very easy to run with. Counterplay came back, and now like they become harder, because when I think of things that are broken in Smash, it's that classic like SoCal or K9 quote, like that's not Smash, right? Quote unquote, that's not like Kazuya, right? Like electric <laughs> just killing you. That's not Smash. Aegis is Smash, you know? Like they are kind of Smash. Like they're broken. They're really good. I think Foresight's yeah. like the biggest. It's overtuned move. Smash, but it's Smash. Exactly. But it's still a sortie. It's, it's a little smash. too much Smash Bros. <laughs> it's, it's too much Smash Bros. Bring yeah. it back to Smash 4. This is Smash All right. Instead of saying much. it's not Smash, for this character, it's too much Smash. It, it's Smash Ultimate, that's for sure. Yeah. And I think when that happened, so people were initially like getting carried a little bit because the character is really good and no one had counterplay to them. Now people have counterplay. We're even seeing Sonics do well against them, and that's like his, one of his character's worst matchups. But I think what I've learned from that is I think Aegis is harder than we thought. I think initial spike in results was because they're really strong. But now I think this little dip that we're seeing, just a slight one, like even Shutan had a rough tournament recently, who also secondaries character. Maybe they're a character that demands full attention and they need to be mained, but I'd still say they're the best. Like that was 
that was the one that I had as well. So those are my yeah. thoughts on ages. How about you guys? Um. Oh, did you want to say something, Evan? I was recently talking to to Leo quite a bit about the game. Ooh, and, love uh, love to hear some Leo insight. Like I don't so, know. Whenever whenever we're both struggling, like sometimes we just talk to each other and just say like what we would do if we were in each other's shoes type of thing. Um, That's cool. So, and like, you know, we had this conversation of like, uh, like sometimes it's just for fun, like just we're hanging out. And sometimes it is like genuinely advice. But we asked each other, who do we think of when we think of like, what character do we attach ourselves to if we had to pick one? Um in general, and it wasn't just in Ultimate. And for him, he said Wario for me, which I was like a little surprised, not really that surprised. Like I thought it was cool. And he thinks he thinks he thinks if I played Wario or PT or something that it would be great. Um, so I, I've been thinking when like uh, about what he had to say there. And for him, I told him I think of Meta Knight when I think of you, just because it's like nice. what what uh, you know I first saw you doing and. Um, I also personally think Meta Knight's underrated and ultimate and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I was talking to him about Aegis because we have like pretty different opinions. Like he thinks Aegis is a bit overrated and all that stuff. And like it, it might be not worth it or harder than it looks. And I was trying to put my perspective of like why I think Aegis is really good still and like what people could be doing a little more that they aren't doing like. I was basically putting my defensive perspective into Aegis that I would want to see more. Like kind of like um, when I played Joker for a little bit, like just trying to see like, oh, if, if I did a little bit of this, how would it, how would it work? And um, yeah, I don't know. I it, Like from my perspective, when it comes to the best sword character, there's a few options. The ones that make the, the question has changed the top two sword characters because I forgot about Aegis. <laughs> like if I had to pick one to play and like I couldn't play anyone else, I would pick Aegis just because there's no way the ceiling isn't the highest for Aegis, regardless of like any meta conversation about them right now. You know what I mean? Like there's no way. Like I feel like I would be silly to pick someone else when it comes to like, oh, you have to play someone. And uh you know. Like who are you going to try to win with? Like this has the this has the most potential. Like potential. it has the most potential, and it's one of the easiest yeah. ones to play right now. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's it's I would be silly to to uh, play someone else. But you know, there's also a world where Cloud is like just as good, um, which is interesting. Um, but I do value Corn that much. I think um, something interesting about Corn like. The players piloting Corn right now are doing really well, and I think they're really good. Um, and I also think players like Leo who pocket Corin could be making a big impact with Corin as well. Um, and in my eyes, it's like, uh, are, would you be the type of player to do better with Aegis with the whole like switching thing? Or do you want the characters to combine into one and play cloud or something like that? <laughs> you know, like, do you, do you want more of like a middle ground? Uh, and I think Corrin is actually closer to that type of vibe than I expected. Like they're that good. Like, like, Oh, do you want to play Aegis and like kind of play a bit of both? Or do you want to play the middle ground when it comes to like impact and speed and you could play uh cloud or Corrin? I think Corrin is worth considering. That's how much of an impact I think Corrin has. And, 
how much uniqueness Corn brings to the table, which is good because, you know, let's look at someone like, like Ike, right? Like, despite Ike having great stuff, it doesn't matter. If you're not bringing something specific to yourself, like, it's not going to be worth it. And that's why, like, uh, whenever I talk about Game & Watch, because I usually place Game & Watch a little bit lower on the tier list compared to most. But what I will always stand by is Game & Watch brings something so special to the table that it almost doesn't matter, right? Yep. Like, Game & Watch has a, a specific place in the meta, and that's really special. And when you're a sword character, you're putting yourself at risk of, well, if there's characters better than me at what I do, like, what's the point of me existing? Um, and Corrin doesn't have that problem at all. I feel like Corrin really stands on on their own. Um, but yeah, it's definitely Cloud and Aegis, and it's no question. But I would probably say, at this very moment, I would say Aegis. So you have Charles? Aegis and Cloud. I, Aegis I'm going to say... Okay, here's... I also share the same similarities when I view a sword character, uh, and this is probably why I never really had Corrin too high, and I still don't think Corrin is like... A, you know who's important to consider here? Because if we're if we're going all the way down the list to where we're talking about Corin, mm -hmm. you know who we have to talk about in a weird way? Sora. Oh, I was yeah. looking at Sora as well. Sora, Sora, I would. I mean, technically not a sword; it's a keyblade. But like, I guess we could <laughs> categorize it the same. If we want to exclude him. That's fine with me. So much he's excluded from the game. But it's also the whole concept of like you have to bring something to the table if you're gonna be this archetype. Because well, he's like the touch of death story, right? Like that's his thing. There's, and he's I just, was thinking he's weird without he's he's already unique without that, right? Um, it, it's funny uh, you're you're talking about this unique attribute to the table, and I feel like a lot of people felt like that's what Corin lacked for the longest time. Yeah, you know, it's like, like, it's like completely rubber banded absolutely and it's like ike you said i think a lot of people would put corin and for a while byleth and ike in the same category like yeah they don't really do anything that that's that is that interesting um and at the same time all of those characters shined at different eras in, yeah. in ultimate and i mean byleth still obviously too i would throw byleth in there but charles who, who are your top two right now so my top two would be Aegis Lucina. I still have a lot of faith in Lucina regardless i i just look at that character and i'm like I look at the moves, I look at the f numbers for the frame data, I'm like a super on paper kind of guy. And I don't even think it's like, the execution is not touch a death Sora combos when you're nervous as fuck. It's just being really fucking good at the game yeah. and knowing how to edge guard motherfuckers. Like that's all it comes down to. And Whenever I fight Proto, it's like, um, like a comfortability when it comes to fighting Lucina is like I said, those gaps where you can breathe when you're fighting a sword character that is a big topic today for me and when i fight proto it's like when i fight spargo where all of a sudden those gaps don't exist anymore because they're that good with the character so i know what you mean like there's there's definitely moments where i'm fighting because as a diddy player when i'm fighting lucina like i'm usually just like this matchup is awesome like this is great but when you when i'm fighting proto it's like i can't you can't breathe as much and you, you start to reconsider things yeah, and I mean, that's really impressive considering Diddy has a tool that is a very good problem-solving tool when it comes to a sword move because Banana is transcendent in this game, right? So it's a, it's a very good option to have. Obviously, you need time to pull it. But my thing in this meta that, I mean, or just in general in Smash Ultimate that I value a lot with Lucina is you have a frame three out of shield option. So that already is insane. It's a kill move. 
you can B reverse it. You also have a frame one out in the air that's a little risky, but we've seen Proto play at Summit. He did not give a flying fuck and he spammed it. Like, but, <laughs> but it, and it's obviously really punishable and stuff, but having that frame one out, considering this is like a frame trap meta where it's like, oh, I'm going to like do this move and then I'm going to mash this move because I cover all this shit. Well, what if someone has a frame one out that has a hitbox attached to it afterwards, right? Like that, your chain, Lucina changes your opponent's offense. And like, I'm going to even go all the way back to Genesis 6 when it was Leo versus Void. Void ran at everyone at Genesis 6, fucked them up combo game-wise, and then Leo for Grand Finals picked Lucina, and then Void had to like think about his offense a little bit differently, yeah. right? Because of the frame one out. And I don't think that was the only reason why Leo won Genesis 6, which was like the first biggest like ultimate major, by the way. So like this was a very important tournament and the player base was like arguably at its largest or one of the largest tournaments and like it had a crazy amount of viewership right there's a lot on the line but just that defense is so strong just the frame three out of shield just the frame one out in the air and then after that yeah you kind of got to play honest ultimate right you got to like get a couple hits here and there and then you got to like forward tilt them at the ledge and but you can also edge guard the shit out of people. I know some of the other meta characters are a little harder to edge guard, like Game and Watch and stuff like that. Game and Watch, Steve, like um, Sonic has a very good recovery. So some of these other characters can be a little harder to edge guard. But outside of those ones, like Lucina can do a fantastic job, has one of the best up Bs when it comes to resetting to ledge with the hitbox. If you hit them on your way up to the ledge with your up B, you can combo into a back air. Like it's a confirm. You know what I mean? You, you have insane offensive tools. It's not steve diamond forward smash but i i still think this character's defense warps the game enough to the point where it's just a really strong pick so i still have faith in lucina's defense um the only thing that would probably change my mind uh would be if other sword characters optimize their defense like uh like pyra i mean i just i think pyra myth are already the strongest sword characters but with the new footstool stuff that Pyra players have been figuring out, like Footsaw out of shield and like the the double shield thing to make it more consistent and whatnot. Like getting Footsaw out of shield with Pyra is a very fast option, right? It's not frame three, fastest frame four, if uh, best case scenario, but you can get the Footsaw down air onto a platform, you up smash them, it's a kill confirm. Like that obviously is a very strong defensive mechanic. Like bringing value to your shield is so good in ultimate. And then Corrin could do Footsaw down air, right? So the these things, I feel like, Early meta, Lucina and Cloud are just great because, I mean, Cloud had to get some buffs and stuff because his up B was, like, really, really bad. But after after the buffs and then, you know, Spargo started doing really well, your defensive play is not like, I got to do a footstool. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. I, I, have a, I have a really good up B out of shield. So that is way easier to execute. But I do think we might get to a point where these other sword characters that have a little bit harder defensive maneuvers to do like foot ceiling out of shield. If those play, if the player base gets really consistent, I could see corn Fox being a lot more doable. You know what I mean? So that, 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 that's my big thing is like, do you have the defense to fight some of these like Omega mash fast speed characters like Fox, right? And there's, and Fox is only going to get more popular from here. People are finally realizing like, Fox isn't the complicated one to play amongst the space. He's, act he's actually got a simple game, in my opinion, like a more simple game plan, but the ex like you just got to play fast, which just involves you just playing the game a lot. So if you know what I mean? Like we, we could see an uptick in Fox and we're already seeing an uptick in Fox in terms of top level play. So are these sword characters 
are they going to have the defense to deal with that? And I think Lucina is definitely kitted all around. And yeah, that, that, that's my thought process on, yeah. uh, you know, the sword characters. What about you guys? Top two sword characters. I, I like it, Charles, because defense wins championships, right? That's what everyone says. Having more options. We always talk about how optimized offense is getting. So being able to cut that down as much as possible. Plus, Lucina's offense is great. Airspeed's amazing. Can actually edge guard, as we've seen from Proto so many times. I love it. Let me help out. So Marcus isn't here. So let me hit the, well, well, well. <laughs> I got it. You already know. It's Agents of Marth. Okay. True, true. <laughs> say Marth right now. All right. Come on. Marth, Marth has the same defense as Lucina. Get it together, Marcus. It's not Marth. Uh, I would say, are you ready for this? Ooh. So I think best sword character in the game, I do think it's tough, is the first thing. Um, oh, you think I it's close? Say. Like your one and two are pretty close then. Well, even beyond that, I would say. Um, let me think. Okay, number one is Steve. Bro's got a sword. That's a sword character. No, number two is Pit. Count. Shout out to Zach Ray the Goat. That's my order. Lock I in. love that Steve. answer, bro. That's such a good answer. Steve and Pitt, lock it in, baby. <laughs> you gonna okay. tell me Zach Ray's not the goat? There's no arguing this. He is the Steve, goat. Does have a, Steve has a sword? He does. And he bodies Fox with it. You just talked about how good Fox is. Does use a lot of disjointed attacks. Um so, Terry's forward air. Shout out to that move. I was thinking about saying no, Terry. Honestly. I'm changing my answer to Game Watch because I think he's a sword character too because Naren back here. Because he has a key and it's like Sora. We counted Sora, so yeah, you have to count. Yeah, exactly. Okay, got it. Um, <laughs> on a more serious note, something I wanted to talk about that I think is really crucial with these sword characters, and it's not about being like like better or worse, but like uh, it's very interesting. It, it really determines a lot of like, you know, where we categorize them in terms of like, are you more defensive, offensive? And a lot of it is like the ground game and what they get out of certain grounded moves. Cause there's a, there's a trend with these characters, right? Uh, some of these characters with disjoints have the sliding down tilt, right? Like the final fantasy yep. guys, uh, um, Enix down tilt. Yeah. Or like you know, jokers in this weird, situation where he's like kind of adjacent to a sword character type of vibe um or do you have the spacing one right where you like the the fire emblem down tilt right yeah the poke or do you have one that pops up uh and you know like corin's been a big topic today so we can use that one um and i think that's really really interesting to think about because um for corin like a lot of these sword characters don't get a grounded move and then just start partying, like combo time. Corn um, well, and Sora both have it. So like, it's funny that Corrin, we talked about Corrin's are not like crazy, like at all. Like Corrin doesn't get like what I was saying with like the 0% game plan being flexible. It's definitely not because of down tilt or up tilt, but you actually pop them up and you start getting, and you start like directly upwards and you can get some true follow-ups, which is pretty rare, right? Um, like Sephiroth, there's nothing I'm doing on the ground that is of like huge value. Like it's not going to like win me the match or something, right? Like there's no combos or anything like that. Even clouds down tilt significantly worse when it comes to follow-ups than, than uh, smash four. Um, cloud has up tilt, which is a great one when it comes to, if we're talking about like moves that get, uh, immediate value when you land them, um, and it's just, it's just something I'm it, that's worth uh, considering, especially down tilts when it comes to sword characters. Those like those type of things can really change the game. And I think when it comes to sword characters right now, those sliding down tilts aren't the best case scenario for your character. I don't think 
um, because it's like this weird gray area of offense and defense, right? Especially because, you know, Jokers is the best because he's actually he it, he does everything with it, right? Like his his hurt box is physically moving, and he's always getting follow ups, which is great. But most of the time, you're not getting anything. Um, but then for a character like Roy Lucina, like those down tilts are really valuable because they are great defense. And, you know, you're you're not putting yourself at risk when you're using them. You're putting some pressure on and you're perfectly fine. And then a character like uh, like Ike and Corrin or Byleth, you know. Sora. Maybe, maybe you get some a little bit of startup or Sora, but you're getting great value out of it. Um, so it's, it's like we've been talking about, like, you know, the do you want to go all offensive or do you want to go all defensive? And that's just really interesting to me right now because, you know, I play Sephiroth, unfortunately, and uh, the, the ground game just isn't there when it comes to, like, like what is this serving you, right? Um, and something that's valuable about Corrin, too. Sorry, I'm, I'm just a, a big fan of Corrin in my, in my Smash brain right now, is even something like the jab is disjointed and actually using the, the sword. Um, where something like uh, Sephiroth or Cloud for the first hit or two, they're not. Um, and you know, Corin also has the the one two three rather than the rapid jab, so you can like time the disjoints like in a frame trap or a ledge situation where it's like, did I hit it or not? And then you can react and just do the one two three, and you're actually spacing from with a disjoint with it. Um, I don't know, little things like that can really change up uh, how valuable a character can be against the whole cast and against like traditional harder characters for 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 sword characters. Um, and some of those tilts are a big one. Like it really determines how you're going to play the game. Are you going to be more defensive or offensive? Um, because every sword character has good aerials that they're spacing with and juggling with. Like, it's just, it comes with the package. Like we're <laughs> they're like, they, they all do that, but what spec of sword character do you want to go? What talent yeah, tree do you want to go? The ground game is where it gets uh. interesting because, it's like they have an assortment of a few things at their core and like, which one were they given? Um, and I don't know. I, I, I'm, a, I'm just right now at this moment, I'm a big fan of what corn has um, for sure. I think it's a fair assessment. Anything else on LTC aside from another big congratulations to Shattuck. We all knew the kid could do it and he did it. Anything else y'all want to say? Uh, I mean, I guess Mario a little bit. Uh, Skinny the Pooh has had crazy results recently. Dark Wizzy getting second place. Um, and I feel like the the way I've been watching Mario be played lately is a little different, which is interesting. Um, I'm seeing a lot more forward air, like in neutral. Huh? Like, Damn, that's crazy. Like And like the pop-up from it has been interesting. And like just the threat of it, like it's like I can kind of see the vision, but it's something I never even considered before. Like, oh, they rolled in and you just, like, forward air the shit out of them and, like, start comboing. Like, that. it's like Melee. That's what they would do in Melee. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's fucking hype. It, it kind of changes the dynamic of in terms of, like, the pacing, the flow of, like, Mario, like, pressing buttons in neutral. At first, I thought it was, like, kind of a joke. Like, oh, this isn't that good. But then, like, when I saw the vision a little bit, I was like, oh. Like, I kind of get where this is coming from. Um but yeah, probably not enough to talk about Mario for this whole episode, but just a just a little side note. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't expect this to necessarily be a sword character episode, but but I don't mind. 
I mean, there's a lot of sword characters. I'm sure everyone has played a sword character in their Smash life. And I mean, despite maybe not being thought of like that, but I, I do consider myself a sword guy a lot of the time. I do have like the sword character brain. I, I have a lot of experience with them. So um, it's, it's, it's interesting to think about and compare their values and, um, and all that. Yeah, I just no, wanted to shout out Shattuck because I think he had a... There's a lot of expectations going into Shattuck, going into port. I think he got a pretty tough bracket, but it was pretty hard to not get a tough bracket because there was two really good Fox players there that went really far. That matchup is notorious for being one of Corrin's harder matchups. Uh, yeah. Even though he still went up against Light, best, still the best Fox in the world, uh, still almost got the reverse 3-0. He was down 0-2, brought it back to game five, like... I think that's at least he's at least done it twice, if not more, but he's brought light to game five twice, at least maybe even more, but that's incredible. Like that matchup is really, really hard. Yeah. So the fact it's that just as bad Shattuck's, as it was back then, it's just as bad. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that Shattuck is doing that and doing things with Corin on the good matchups, maybe even like some of the other, like more meta matchups, like Steven stuff like that, or, you know, other DLC stuff or just whatever's relevant now. And still also bringing light to game fives and stuff like that. Incredible stuff. And yeah, looking forward. I think if Shattuck is able to push the character more defensively with like more consistent footstool dares out of shield and stuff that's going to be really good against a character like fox right when when you finally slap fox on the hand for doing like the fifth nair in a row it it that actually changes the game a lot right. so i have a hot take oh boy about footstool out of shield becoming a prominent thing of your gameplay okay i think when it add, when it's put onto the table most of the time it's better for your opponent. Okay, so hear me out. So if, especially if Footstool out of shield is like your I'm doing this to survive option, I think you're screwed from the beginning because it is so much easier to play around someone where you know on their priority list Footstool is a big priority than it is for to, to make use of the Footstool out of shield. Like if, if I'm fighting against Corrin or Sephiroth, who is going to struggle with getting bullied a bit. And I know Futsu out of shield is a, is a, is a, a savior for them. There is a thousand things I can do to take advantage of that perspective and gameplay while they have one thing, which is the Futsu out of shield, which only works against one thing. And it's aerials on top of your opponent. It's not working on grounded moves. It's not working on special moves. Uh, other than like an up special that started in the air or some something like that, like just some weird stuff. Um, so yeah, uh, Futsu out of shield is only really good if you have other out of shield options as well. If you can also fight against grounded opponents and all that and yada, yada, yada. If Futsu out of shield is something you're doing to survive, you're screwed from the beginning. That's my hot take. I like it because it's it is my, so, it's so easy to play around. Like, yeah, it's way it easier to navigate around footstool out of shield than actually executing a footstool out of shield. Yeah, like I, I for sure. <laughs> like even it doesn't even. It, it's not like it takes aerials on shield out of the table. It doesn't. In fact, in some ways, it makes it better because they're they're shielding so much and all that. And like you know, like oh, I only don't have to 
land on top of like if if a rob is getting footstool out of shields like oh i'm just gonna nair in a thousand other ways okay right it doesn't it it does it doesn't change anything to the point where it's actually probably helping them that you're so focused on the footstool out of shield (laughs) i don't know that's that's my hot take about it it depends but if you look at steve where there's like way more variables to work with steve isn't doing it to like survive in the meta steve just doing it because he can like like if you might get a stock from it like if Corrin or Sephiroth or whatever, like Corrin's is a little better because the down air is faster, which is which is good. So that means it's not like, uh, you know, do or die type of thing. But uh, like Steve's has so much room to room for error, and the down air is actually killing. Uh, some of these characters aren't like KOing off of it; they're doing it just because they're sick of getting mashed on. Uh, like I don't know it, it's interesting to think about. I think a lot of people look at Footstool out of shield not saying Charles is at all by the way. He's definitely not. But a big thing with Footstool out of shield is uh people view it as like adding something to the equation to the equation where it's like this is like solving something. When in actuality I don't even think it's helping as much as they think. In fact, I think it like I said I think it might be helping the opponent sometimes. It's a very specific scenario. Like, I think the most applicable thing that you can do with Footswater Shield is if someone crosses you up and you don't know what side they're on. Yeah. That is, that is, that means that they're so close to you that you don't even know what fucking side they're on. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. But because if they're that close to you, you can not, don't mash. You have to time it. But like, you can just go for a jump with no drift. I think the hard part about understanding Footswater Shield is like, okay, well, if they're like, so much units away from me or whatever i have to jump out of shield but then i have to like also have x amount of air drift coming out of the jump and i have to make sure i'm over them then execute double jump but then i also don't want to be like mashing double jump because then if i do like footstool double jump i don't get my follow-up so there's a lot of intricacies to it i i would say if you're a beginner of using footswatch shield i would only do it when you know your opponent is like right next to you and they also have a low hurt box so there's Characters that notoriously are really annoying with uh, hurt box shifting on landing, cloud fair and bear, fox forward air, fox nair, like Pikachu back air, right? So you want to use footstools to punish low hurt boxes because the lower the hurt box, the sooner you can initiate. You can get frame four footstools out of shield when your opponent's hurt box is like yeah. on the ground. So really close cross ups, really low hurt boxes. That's like if I had to try and generalize it, that would be my best way of doing it but gavin is right that there's a ton of other variables like once you go like one or two units away all of a sudden this foot swatter shield became like two frames different with like <laughs> you get max acceleration out of your jump out of shield and i know um there's and been the opponents awesome. not phased they're not drastically changing their their yeah, gameplay yeah. because of this and think about it from, from this perspective too of uh, when you're looking for, when you're actively looking for the footstool out of shield, like when it's a big win condition for you, or like you're thinking it's like gonna like solve a situation, like think think of the positional sacrifice you're making. Uh, you know, you're kind of putting yourself into this defensive position, and you're letting your opponent choose what happens next, right? Like that's already a little suspect to me, in terms of like. Is this really like your problem solver? This footstool out of shield thing, like you shouldn't be using it to fish. Like, is, like is, a, yeah, but that's the hard thing. It, it's as much as you as we can say. Oh, don't just like don't like like sacrifice your movement and your positioning to the footstool. But it's like when it's a part of your game plan, it's really hard to just add it seamlessly. Right, like it, 
like it, it like it's not that simple and like i think you really have to ask yourself like let's look at wolf right when we all think of wolf it's like damn like why isn't it happening all the time blah 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 like wolf is really big on positioning right wolf wolf isn't as good of a scrapper against against these other top tiers so you're saying you know as good as it is numbers wise and like uh like uh, against certain things that can be a problem you're you know you're you know putting yourself in this defensive position first like you're just like going up to your opponent you're saying hey this is my choice like i'm making this decision right now where in actuality usually he's moving around a bit more he has a projectile he has like the drift and it's like it's a big change of pace and it's really hard to seamlessly use it to the point where i think it's actually more so dangerous for you um to have it that much in your game plan and it's just it's tough um and it's it's not like it's the same for every character right some characters they're doing it just because they need the numbers they need the frame data some characters are doing it just because they have it and nice and we already like game and watch running up and shielding against someone is very different than sephiroth or corin running up and shielding against someone like Steve and Game Watch running up to Fox and shielding is completely different than Sephiroth and Corrin running up to Fox and shielding. Um, so I, I don't know. It's it's as someone that has a footstool out of shield option that's like very important with Sephiroth. There's a difference between very important and like problem solving. Like oh, this is gonna win me the game. Like it, it's something I'm very clear with my with my stream when I'm practicing when um, Sephiroth footstool out of shield dare is talked about where i'm like all right they're asking me about it and all that i'm like disclaimer this is not going to win you anything (laughs) it's not going to do anything for you um in terms of like an obvious changer um it's gotten me a stock or a game and i'm like super happy about it but the move isn't even strong enough for it to kill nine times out of ten so I was uh, going to say, do you value it at all in terms of you don't need to do it every single time, but just showing that you do it once or twice just to show that you can deal this with it. This is a different conversation yeah, entirely. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's what you're hoping for, right? You're hoping to trick the Fox player into thinking they can't do something. And that's that's huge, right? Then maybe you can like dictate the pacing and like breathe a little bit. But that's the thing. It's, it's, it's definitely a facade. It's not like... If you're getting footstooled out of shield and you think that something is being taken off the table as the person who's getting footstooled, you're completely you're completely wrong, in my opinion. Like, it's not taking that option off the table. In fact, it's probably the opposite. You just have to do it differently, obviously. Um, so, yeah, it, it's interesting. Um, like I said, it's it depends on if you're, like, why you're doing the footstool. Like, are you doing it to survive or are you doing it because you can? Yeah. I think ultimately the... It's a case by case thing, but like if you use Fox and Sephiroth, you're using two very yeah. extremes where it's like, yeah. well, I think that's oh, why yeah. I'm talking about this in the first place because because well, that's I'm, the usual situation you'd use in. The yeah, first I'm place. Used, like it's like I'm doing this because like I'm looking for anything to like survive in some of these situations, and when you when you find it and you realize not only is it uh, not a game changer, sometimes it's even hurting you, then it's like okay. Like, uh, I don't know. It, it doesn't, it's the equation isn't as simple as you think when it comes to like shielding aerials grounded and then you add footstool and all of a sudden, like it's amazing. Like it's, it's, it's not that simple. 
it, it's an option. But at the end of the day, like box hitting Nair versus Sephiroth getting footstool there, well, guess who the risk reward is loaded into that favor by a yeah. fucking long shot? It's Fox, right? And it yeah. doesn't matter if Sephiroth footstooled there's a Fox player three times and then yeah. Fox gets the fourth Nair. Fox probably gets more value off of that one Nair compared to those three downers. So yeah. it's the the risk reward it's obviously case by case but you got to use it in combination with stuff right like okay i got the footstool for yeah. like really close cross-ups i can parry and maybe reposition pa- or like parry makes parry. it weird too like like when you parry something and the numbers are slightly different it's like okay do i have something better than my footstool or is footstool still my best my best bet and right. then you know i my other character i play is diddy where he has crazy out of shield stuff but then footstool out of shield can be better numbers wise, but is the follow up more optimal? Um, it's very interesting, but I liked what has said because that's more important to me, right? Is like if I show them that this is on the table, how much does that affect them? In mm-hmm. my head, I know it shouldn't, and that's what's so upsetting about it, right? But um, if it does, then like that's a big green light for me to really change what's going on, and I can really. Um, win because of it because it's on the table more so than like it actually happening yeah and with these characters especially the ones you're mentioning that have weak out of shield game who are going to be looking to rely on it more then it comes down to like shield discipline is so important like yeah i put sold out of shield the first time then the next six times i decided not to even look for it right because i just know you might be baiting me and then if i get caught you know you call it out and up there it's just gonna be a tough time so i think it's good where there's like option selects, right? Like the air dodge, like if you air dodge and down air at the same yes. time or whatever. Option selects, yes, yes. But if we if we don't talk about that for a second, I do this a lot where like you're saying right now, where sometimes with Sephiroth, I'll footstool out of shield, but I won't down air. Like I'll 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 use it to escape, which is like it's insane how much I'm like working to like not get like shield poked or like something like that, right? Um but it is important to look at it from a more like vague sense of like showing someone the card is on the table and seeing what happens um because that's a big part of smash in the first place so um as intense as i'm talking about it in in the other direction like a lot of people talk about it as like a game changer and i'm kind of talking about it in the opposite way it's still something i would never just like remove from from this from the table it's always important to consider everything but i think i am talking so intensely about it because how often it looks like people think it's the difference between them them like winning a set or not when i'm very like okay let's let's reframe that thinking basically i see i see yeah 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 it's not a cure-all it's just a part of uh the game plan like it didn't fix everything but it's an option that's there sometimes for you yeah yeah i mean maybe if the player base gets consistent enough at it right we can have like a revisit the conversation a year or two from now but like we don't know if the player base will get that consistent at it. And yeah, well, for me, it's like, even if I got it every time, what it works against is it's too small. Like what, what puts out of shields even working against in the first place. Um, But yeah, it, yeah. Um, It's, it's not something I expected to be a main topic today, but it is very interesting, especially (laughs) because of, it's not like a, a one and done thing for every character. Every character does it different, like does it for different reasons and what they do after the footstool is very different as well. Yeah. yeah. You didn't add it to the show notes, Gavin. What the heck? <laughs> Come on, man. 
<laughs> Sorry, bro. Our RPG footstool out of shield. Come on, we try the to usual topics every pick. week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, Gino, true. Out of shield. Yeah. Always Gino, bro. Always Gino. Um, one thing I want to say before we hop off LTC real quick, then I'll toss it to you, Charles. Is uh, shout outs to Komodo and AG. They killed it on commentary. Great knowledge between the two of them. Great energy between the two of them. And I realized, like Charles, media or commentators, we never talk about commentary on here. Uh, so I just wanted to throw out compliments uh, when appropriate. So I nice shopped to the two of them. They killed it. And also the venue is super sick for LTC and they held third strike. I got to go to this tournament next time is all I'm thinking. So shout out to the whole team there for putting on a great show. Everyone who made top eight, DJ Don was in there too. A great young Steve that we saw do well at MomoCon. Just a lot of great players. Grayson or Rob from Texas who always does really well and had a fourth place finish here. So just a lot of cool stuff happening at LTC. What do you think? Close it out here, Chuck. Then we'll move on to the next tournament real quick. What? Oh, for LTC. I mean, I, I I had a great time. I mean, it was it was sick. I, I loved seeing uh, Shattuck just close out the tournament. Right. I think there, there was a lot of question marks. Um, it kind of sucked that Mudes underperformed. Um, I think I was very surprised when Dark Wizzy beat Mudes, but still, I mean, great stuff to Dark Wizzy. We still got to see a bunch of great uh, competitors watching Zero Suit is always a good time, right? And then Shattuck on top of that, being able to close it out. So felt like we got the good ending in a sense because Shattuck has been getting so many top eights and then didn't really perform too well at port, but it was really sick to see Shattuck bounce back from that performance and close it out uh, like in his home turf. So, you know, shout out to Shattuck. Amazing stuff. Gavin? Yeah, I mean, I guess that about wraps it up, honestly. We could get into the... Real quick, we okay. gotta give Syrup a shout out, dude. We absolutely have. Oh to yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Couple tournaments. Let me. I can run through them super quick because uh, we are on an hour and ten already. So y'all wanted a long episode. There you go. You did not specify that twenty minutes of it couldn't be on Footsal Out of Shield. So you know it is what it is, <laughs> chat. Uh, so we have a couple different things. So there, actually, in in New England, uh, in CT, there was a big regional that ended up being a C tier called HOG Hog. It's actually been going on for a long time. Uh, and it was a C tier because the top eight was Mr. Ian Pelka in eighth, uh, or tying for seventh, tying for fifth, Webb, JP, and Ling. And then you had Antimony, a great uh, Massachusetts-based C player, I believe. It's either Massachusetts, New England for sure. So W right there, uh, fourth place to Antimony. And then some great household names in, in the winner's circle there. Jackal in third. Light in second, and then Syrup in first. So shout out to Syrup. We talk about Syrup on this podcast like once a month at least. Kid is getting crazy consistent. We yeah. got to see him on the come up because he's from Gavin's region of uh, New Jersey and has been doing exceptionally well there, which is one of the best regions uh, that we have in the country and therefore on the in, on the planet right now. Webs from there as well. So Syrup didn't drop a set. He got two set wins on Light. And was able to take one uh, also off of Jackal. And I think those were all the best wins uh, for Syrup right there. Yeah, Mr. and Mr. E, e and Mr. E as well. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So shout out to Syrup. Shout out to Light for showing up to a regional and doing well, running into a Steve again. It's great practice. Yeah. He 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 goes to his local tournaments and his regional tournaments, um, which is admirable because I, I, I'm always asking myself if I should be doing it more or not. So I think it's cool that he's always down to just play the game, no matter what the environment is. Um, but yeah, I guess that about uh, wraps it up. Hey, one uh, more thing. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I'm gonna just I'm gonna go over the Lumi rank uh, recap real quick and just make sure we give everyone a shout out that did well um, sure. this weekend. Can't cover everything because you know we have to make room to talk about Mario RPG. So that's what it is. Uh, so there's a B tier event in. Oh, thanks, Chris. Shout out to producer Chris. Shout uh, Southwest Canada. Uh, Ouch took a tournament and he had set wins on Apollo Kage and Big D. 
I believe, which is really cool. Shattuck obviously won low tier city, which uh, I think we covered well enough. Alan Dis winning a tournament in Mexico. Shout out to Snake at Mystic Portal. It was a C tier. Syrup we already talked about in Connecticut winning Ultra Hog one. Uh, going mostly Steve too, if if I remember correctly. Uh, the next is MK Big Boss actually won a tournament uh, in EU. Very cool. Uh, the Challengers Cup or the Challengers Arena. And the cool thing I liked about this is that Big Boss tweeted afterwards. He he won the tournament. You know uh, he's Mexi he's from Mexico. And he was like, dude, jet lag is so hard to deal with. Like, shout out to all the guys that, like, especially he called out yeah. Luto specifically. So I thought that was really cool for Big Boss. Like, won the tournament and acknowledged, like, how how grinding it really is to play that way. And then Yara won the biggest, probably the biggest tournament of the year. It's a B plus, uh, Sumabato uh, 42. So shout out to Yara, one of the best Samuses, most consistent Samuses in the game. All right. And then we had a final C tier here. Matsunabe, the Falco, taking it down. Very clean stuff there, obviously, as well. So. Watch, I watched a good amount of Smash this weekend. Um, there's just always so much going on with Ultimate. It's hard to keep up. So good. Shout out to all our winners and everyone who did well in their own regard. So that's it. All right, Gavin. There you go. Yeah. Now you can take Thank us out. Um, yeah, that about wraps it up. Long episode. Um, I had a good time talking about the stuff that was on my mind after watching some Smash this weekend. And uh, we're going to get into the Patreon content, which is going to be about the whole idea perspective of what it means to play first and what it means to play second. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for watching and supporting.